0: Okay. Alrighty. Alrighty then. You start. Oh. I you, always start, you start. I know, it's just what we do. No. What are we doing? <laughs> Recording a podcast. <laughs> Why? What are you doing? <laughs> chilling. Just chilling, just chilling. Welcome to Dark and Creepy Things with Frank and Scout. Yay. I'm Scout. I'm Frank. And we have Xander. Xander. Xander joining us. One of our housemates. Yay awesome um patrons thank yes. you thank you patrons yes I could bring bring the list up you could mm, I should do that <laughs> um <laughs> the list of patrons the list of patrons so the cats that give us some money so the cats don't, don't eat us it. and we can feed them <laughs> we did you're allowed to laugh out loud it's okay that <laughs> would got Sanders yeah. trying not to laugh I'm trying but... not to spit coffee and food everywhere I think. popcorn 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 <laughs> <laughs> All over the computer screen. Yeah. Okay. So okay. thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. It's your turn. Um, I might just note that this, okay, full disclosure, this is a re-recording of this episode. Yeah, which my phone was a bitch. The iPhone ate it. And corrupted the file yeah, that we spent an hour recording, now we're recording. in a Gone. car park. At High Point. Yeah, and the phone corrupted the file, so we were recording it. Yeah. Mm, maybe High Point ate the file. I mean, High Point is weird. And we were. <laughs> it's funny when we were recording, all these people were leaving from the movies. So we'd have these sections of just people, like, d- make driving noises as people were driving walking in the car and being like... Yeah. She was had a sign on the car saying, recording, soundproof your car maybe yeah cover it in felt the inside of it was felt mm. a lot of eggshell stuff mmm mm. yeah. yeah yeah so you can't see you just open little holes and be like okay yeah we'll just <laughs> cut out a little we'll cut out a square for the driver and we'll take it like like it'll flap, flap be like a flap, a flap and you flap it down when you're driving and you put it back up when you're recording <laughs> <laughs> yes that's a great idea <laughs> Okay. so All right. It is your turn. It is to my turn. Of course. Course. Even though I, I know you want to do reading. And I, like, I actually would prefer that because my voice is still kind of sore from the. I like. Thing. I like reading. Yeah, I know you like reading. I don't mind reading too. But yeah, but this is my topic. It's your topic. And my one. Um, okay, person, because I tend to pick people. Yeah, I don't like people. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't like we're not people. <laughs> people. It's fine. We're <laughs> <laughs> aliens. I know who this person is, but tell me about this person. Frank's gonna pretend to be surprised. Oh, it will actually be yeah. okay Alright. So we have a genuine yeah, reaction here. Exactly. That's what I wanted. Okay, Amelia Dyer. Amelia Dyer. Mm-hmm. Have you heard this person, Zander? Amelia Dyer? Em- Amelia Elizabeth Dyer, near Hobbly who lived from 1837 to the 10th of June, 1896, was one of the most prolific serial killers in history, murdering infants in her care over a 30-year period in Victorian Britain. Oh. Yeah. Trained as a nurse, and widowed in 1869, she turned to baby farming, the practice of adopting unwanted infants in exchange for money. Mm. in order to support herself. She initially cared for the children legitimately in addition to having two of her own, but whether intentionally or not, another a number of them died in her care, leading to a conviction up for neg- negligence and 6 months hard labor. She then began directing murdering, directly murdering, directing murdering. No. <laughs> no that, yeah, I'm going to direct you to she murder. Well, yeah, okay. Not we'll me, get to uh, that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Did. Yeah. Well, or an accomplice. Um, she then began directly murdering children as she, quote, adopted, uh, strangling at least some of them and disposing of the bodies in order to avoid attention mentally unstable she was committed to several well we actually (laughs) get into that we'll get get into that mentally unstable she was committed to several mental asylums throughout her life despite suspicions of feigning and survived at least one serious suicide attempt dyer's downfall came when the bagged corpse of an infant was discovered in the thames with evidence leading to her she was arrested on the 4th of april 1896 tried to tried for the murder of infant doris marmon and hanged on the 10th of june 1896 at the time of her death a handful of murders were attributed to her but there is little doubt she was responsible for many more similar deaths possibly 400 or more yeah right yeah she was dubbed the ogress of reading uh, she inspired a popular ballad, and her case led to stricter laws for adoption. I think we should, before we go any further, define baby father. Yes, I was literally about to do that. I, I also don't know open. what the word ogress means, but talk about baby funning while I look um, that up. Yeah. yeah. This? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, uh, that's stupid. yeah. Yeah. Aggress. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sandra. <laughs> no problem. All right. So, baby farming. Wikipedia page um, it says that baby farming is the historical practice of accepting custody of an infant or child in exchange for payment in late Victorian era Britain, and less commonly in Australia and the United States. If the infant was young, this in- usually included wet nursing, so breastfeeding by a woman not the mother some baby farmers adopted children for lump sum payments while others cared for infants for periodic payments um though baby farmers were paid in the understanding that care would be provided the term baby farmer was used as an insult and improper treatment was usually implied illegitimacy and its attendant social stigma were usually the impetus we didn't impetus impetus uh-huh. oh, sorry <laughs> Empetus. I don't think I've ever heard it like said, said out, out loud. Said out loud. Mm. Yeah. Impetus. Impetus. For a mother's decision to put her children out to nurse with a baby farmer. But baby farming also encompassed foster care and adoption in the period before they were regulated by British law. Wealthier women would also put their infants out to be cared for in the homes of villagers. Claire Tomlin gives a detailed account of this in her biography of Jane, Jane Austen who was fostered in this manner as were her all her siblings from a few months old until they were toddlers Tomlin emphasises the emotional distance this created of course because of attachment yeah, attachment yeah I spoke about yeah, attachment theory and that if you talk to anyone who's ever studied attachment theory it starts from when you're born pretty much yeah like your attachment to your caregivers is something that occurs yeah the moment you leave the womb because if you don't have that proper attachment you get pretty fucked up yep can definitely mess you up um particularly in the case of lump sum adoptions it was more profitable for the baby farmer if the infant or child she adopted died since the small payment could not cover the care of the child for long. Especially the longer the kid lives, the more expensive it's going to be, which we know. Um, some baby farmers adopted numerous children and then neglected them or murdered them outright. Um, infan- see infanticide which we've, I think we've mentioned infanticide and side in other episodes. Have we? Maybe or maybe it's just because I read about it a lot. It's probably because you just read a lot of it Probably. Um, several so inf- infanticide being when people kill their children yeah. or young people So any word that ends in side means like killing. So homicide yeah. killing a human. And then you have side which is people who kill their whole families as well. You know killing the monarchy as someone a part of the royal family is called regicide Yes mm-hmm. Regicide, like yeah. regal, yeah. Reg- a regal killing. Yeah, yes. Not regicide. Regicide. I thought it was regicide. It, could it be regicide. sounds stupid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <You're> probably right. <laughs> but I also feel like it should be regicide. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So back to the baby phones. <laughs> Several were tried for m- murder. Manslaughter or criminal neglect, and were hanged. Margaret Waters executed in 1870, and Amelia, Amelia Dyer executed in 1896, were two infamous British baby farmers, as were Amelia Sack and Annie Walters executed in 1903. The names are very familiar. Very similar to each other, very white. Yeah, such white (laughs) British names. The last baby farmer to be executed in Britain was Rhoda Willis, who was hanged in Wales in nineteen oh seven. The only woman to be executed in New Zealand, Minnie Dean, was a baby farmer. In Scandinavia there was a euphemism for this activity called um (laughs) Angler Markuska, which is Swedish. Um oh no, no that was sorry, that was Scandinavian. And Swedish. Is it? Yeah it's Swedish. Scandinavia isn't a country. Huh. <laughs> Scandinavia is a group of countries. Oh, okay, fair enough. I don't know geography. But it says <laughs> Anglermasker, which is in Swedish, and Ingulmask, mask, meguske, which is Danish. Danish. Both literally meaning a female angel maker. kill the babies and the babies become angels yes pretty much much. I suppose because back then especially if a baby was killed very very young before baptism do they depends on what religion do they go to heaven or do they go to purgatory what if you're baptized, baptized if you haven't been baptized oh then you are in purga- baby purgatory forever then you're not made an angel no then they're yeah. not angel makers they're baby purgatory makers. May- yeah but back like then haven't it, been baptized. yeah back then nearly everyone's baptized or stated. Like, at like less than a week old yes that yeah. young? I thought yeah. most people don't baptise their babies until they're like a month old. Well, it, it depends. Mm. Yeah, it really depends on the people. Well, maybe but they weren't killing them until they're a month or two Maybe. Yeah. So one of them, yeah. Yeah. One of them, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So okay. angel makers. Um, then there's a list of um, mentions of baby farmers in popular culture, which I'll come back to <sighs> after we go into a bit more about Amelia Dyer. So yes, baby farming. Um. All right. So back to Amelia Dyer background, Amelia Dyer was born the youngest of five, with three brothers Thomas, James and William and a sister Anne, in the small village of Pyle Marsh, just east of Bristol, now part of Bristol's urban sprawl known as Pile Marsh the daughter of a master shoemaker Samuel Hobley and Sarah Hobley Knee Wymouth she learned to read and write and developed a love of literature and poetry mm, pretty well off to being taught how to read and write, mm-hmm. especially as a girl, right, however her childhood was marred by the mental illness of her mother, caused by typhus. Mm. Typhus. What we, was typhus? Typhus in? is a fever, and we did a little bit of research about this in the last episode that we recorded before my family went to shit. <laughs> It's It's a fever that's carried by parasites, most notably fleas, Mm. which makes sense because this is Victorian era England. People didn't realize how bacteria and stuff were transmitted, and fleas were a big thing. That's my question: if it was even mental ill, I guess it probably changed. It's probably more personality. She had brain damage due to a high fever, yeah, which can induce mental illness. traumatic brain injury does can induce mental illness. Mm. So Amelia witnessed her mother's violent fits and was obliged to care for her until she died raving in 1848. So she literally went, like, stark raving mad, is where that saying comes from. Um, Researchers later commented on the effect this had on Dyer and also what it taught her about the symptoms exhibited by those who appear to lose their mind through illness. Oh, my God, I just realised, having already read the rest of the article, we'll talk about this in a sec, but that's where she is. Well, yeah, so okay. she to Yeah, okay. Dyer had an elder sister, Sarah Ann, who died in 1841, age six, and a younger sister, also named Sarah Ann, <laughs> who died in 1845. Replacement. Yes, yeah, that yeah, literally, age a few months. Sarah Basically, Anne. oh Sarah Ann died. Oh we'll have another one. Let's call that one Sarah yeah. Ann. I really like that name. said said them. (laughs) Let's just call all the children Sarah Ann. (laughs) An elder cousin had an illegitimate daughter at the time, who was later accepted as the daughter of the grandparents, Dyer's aunt and uncle, William and Martha Hobley. After her mother's death, Amelia lived with an aunt in Bristol for a while before serving an apprenticeship with a corset maker. Her father died in 1859. Her eldest brother Thomas inherited the family shoe business. In 1861, at the age of 24, Amelia became permanently estranged, estranged from at least one of her brothers, um, James, and moved into lodgings in Trinity Street, Bristol. There she married George Thomas. How old was she? 24. 24. Yeah. This is where she married George Thomas. George was 59. <laughs> I know, Santa's I mean, I mean age up. is just a number, but yeah, still, but that's, that's just weird. That's old enough to be That's 30? Yeah. yeah. more 35 years difference. Yeah. George was 59, and they both lied about their ages on the marriage certificate to reduce the age gap. George deducted 11 years from his age, and Amelia added 6 to her age. So he would have then said he's 48, and she's 30. 30. Yeah, which is still an 18 still 18 years, years yeah. difference. Many sources later reported this age as fact, causing much confusion. So no one really knew how old they were. (laughs) Alright. Nursing. After marrying George Thomas, Dyer trained as a nurse. From contact with a midwife, Ellen Dane, she learned of an easier way to earn a living. Using her own home to provide lodgings for young women who had conceived illegitimately, and then farming off the babies for adoption or allowing them to die of neglect and malnutrition. Ellen Dane was forced to decamp to the US shortly after meeting Amelia to escape the attention of the authorities. Unmarried mothers in Victorian Britain often struggled to gain an income since the 1834 Poor Law Amendment Act had removed any financial obligation from the fathers of illegitimate children whilst bringing up their children in a society where single parenthood and illegitimacy were stigmatised. Single parenthood and illegitimacy obviously is not a stigmatised Now as it was then, but it's still a thing. Yeah, of course. Like people still look down upon single parents, and especially actually single fathers, Mm -hmm. like who are who are the primary carers of their children. It's it's still kind of gross yeah true because people like, "Ooh, where's the mother where's the mother yeah and like i like people have said to me people i've known who are single fathers have said to me oh the mother's not in the picture like yeah. he had to try had to justify it yeah. in some way yeah. and it was like you don't need to justify that yeah, you're a parent you're a like, parent i don't care yeah like it's somehow weirder that there's yeah. a man raising children yeah a good friend of mine like one of my best friends growing up yeah she was her main caregiver was her father yeah as well I'm how it was and she did which was kind of the opposite of me like she would go to her mum's every second weekend Mm, which was a bit weird but it does does happen just not as common I guess Um, so anyway all this stigma um Led to the practice of baby farming, in which individuals acted as adoption or fostering agents in return for regular payments or a single upfront fee from the baby's mothers. Many businesses were set up to take in these young women and care for them until they gave birth. The mothers subsequently left their unwanted babies to be looked after as nurse children. In quotation marks. It yes. kind of reminds me there's this episode of Call the Midwife mm. where these young women who are illegitimately pregnant get sent to it's not a mother house but it's it's similar yeah where that's where you go to have the baby yes and then they either yeah. you get someone the government either takes it up for adoption mm. or you go home with it like but you have or, it in secret yes yeah or you Sell it to a baby farmer. Yeah, well, back this was in the 1950s, so farmers didn't exist anymore. Uh, yeah, I guess not. Not, not to this extent, no. I wouldn't have thought. But it was really shitty because the wife who was not the wife, the midwife, mm. the nurse who was looking after these women, gave no shits at all. Mm. She was like drinking on the job and like, yeah. and telling the girls to shut up yeah, and like, I remember that episode. you're awful, horrible people for getting pregnant. Yeah like You're stuff like that yeah. and it was just like this You're is horrendous up. you brought this on yourselves, have yeah your baby and get out yeah yeah it was horrendous and like not calling the doctor until like way too late yeah when i was like bleed up and yeah stuff. it yeah. was just like what the fuck yeah the predicament of the parents involved was often exploited for financial gain if a baby had well-off parents who were simply anxious to keep the birth secret the single fee might be as much as 80 pounds Fifty pounds might be negotiated if the father of the child wanted to hush up his involvement. However, it was more common for these expectant young women to be impoverished. Such women would be charged about five pounds, so pretty cheap, baby, even back then. And um, unscrupulous carers resorted to starving the farmed-out babies to save money and even hasten, t- even to hasten death noisy or demanding babies could be sedated with easily available alcohol and or opiates Godfrey's cordial known colloquially as mother's friend a syrup containing opium was a frequent choice but there were several other uh, similar preparations. Many children died as a result of such dubious practices quote opium killed far more infants through starvation than directly through overdose mm. Dr. Greenhalgh investigating for the Privy Council noted how children, quote, kept in a state of continued narcotism will be thereby disinclined for food and be but imperfectly nourished. I just looked up something. So I was interested to see how many, how much money 80 pounds was in today's, rate. It's 10,000 pounds. Far out. Which is equivalent to 18000 Australian dollars. Now. Now. Fuck, that's a lot. That's the equivalent. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> what, what was the other one? Five pounds? Five pounds if you're poor. So five pounds if you're poor. Ten thousand $10, pounds if you're poor. Or six hundred dollars if... Sorry, ten thousand pounds if you're rich. Or six hundred pounds if you're poor. Which is now worth what? About a grand. Okay. Still a lot of money to come up with. Yeah, you know, like that is... Like a single... Yeah. single Pregnant woman with no money. Um, Death from... Okay, so yeah, drugging the babies. Death from severe malnutrition would result, but the coroner was likely to record the death as debility from birth or lack of breast milk or simply starvation. Mothers who chose to reclaim or simply check on the welfare of their children would could often encounter difficulties, but some would simply be too frightened or ashamed to tell the police about any suspected wrongdoing. Even the authorities often had problems tracing any children that were reported missing. This was the world opened up to Amelia Dyer by the now departed Ellen Dane. Dyer had to leave nursing with the birth of a daughter, Ellen Thomas. In 1869, and the elderly is <laughs> the elderly, George Thomas, her husband. Eighteen sixty nine, how many years was it after they got married? Um where is the part where they got married? Background. Um eighteen sixty one. So, this is 1869. No, oh, it's only eight years it's later. Eight years And he's elderly. He was though. So, it was elderly for back then. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He was elderly now. Yeah, you yeah. her elderly husband, George Thomas, died. And Amelia, of course, needed an income. It's interesting. She I just, just realized you a she named, with a baby. She just named her daughter Ellen. Yeah. And the midwife who told her all about this his name Ellen. is Ellen. Yeah, I just realized that too. Oh. It's just lack of imagination. Like, there are so isn't, many people who are Sarah Ann, Sarah Ann. There not a lot Sarah of names going Sarah around? There's a, lot of your name. there's, there's a lot of names going around in, in Victorian England. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Can you imagine? My Maltese heritage is the same. Oh, your name's okay. Carmen, and your name's Carmen, and you're Mary, and you're Paul, and, and that you, is my whole family. Yeah. Carmen and Mary and Paul. Yes. yes. Can you imagine <laughs> if it was like online and everyone had to have unique names? Oh right, like, like gamer tag. Like yeah. You, sorry, this name's already taken. Like imagine going to the register of marriages. Like sorry, and and this one name's one one already been taken. Yeah. Just try adding some digits at yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So then we're up to the murders. Dyer was Dyer was apparently keen to make money from baby farming, and alongside taking in a taking in expectant women, she advertised to nurse and adopt a baby in return for a substantial one-off payment and adequate clothing for the child. In her, advertiment, advertisements, advertiment. <laughs> shut up, in her advertisements and meetings with clients, she assured them that she was respectable and married and that she would provide a safe and loving home for the I child. Mean, technically she was married. Her husband was just dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's Did interesting know, to know, like, one of he did actually die of natural causes what do you think she drugged him to death probably have some more mother's helper yeah yeah they're yeah, gonna kill you shut up opium. your whining here's the mother's helper <laughs> yeah in 1872 Amelia married william dyer a brewer's laborer from bristol they had two children together mary ann <laughs> <laughs> sarah and mary no, ann also known as polly <laughs> Like, where do you get that from? Where does the name Polly even come from? (laughs) Is it a shortening or something? I don't know if it's a shortening of Mary Ann, but... It's not a shortening (laughs) of Marianne. (laughs) Pollyanna? Pollyanna, yeah. I like the name Pollyanna. Um, And they also had William Samuel. Amelia eventually left her husband. (laughs) At some point in her baby farming career, Daya decided to forgo the expense and inconvenience of letting the children die through neglect and starvation. Inconvenience. It's so inconvenient to let a baby die. Soon after the receipt of each child, she murdered them, thus allowing her to pocket most or all of the fee. For some time, Dyer eluded the resulting interests of police. She was eventually caught in 1879 after a doctor was suspicious about the number of child deaths he had been called to to certify in Dyer's care. Yeah, but can you imagine that going on? Another like, one's dead. Mm, another <laughs> one in the Dyer place is dead. Yeah. That's a bit weird. That's that. What a coincidence. It's also <laughs> got to remember, though, the reason she would have gotten away with so many is Victorian England babies died all the fucking yeah. time. Like yeah. the infant, infant mortality rate was very bad yeah and so in other words the doctor probably wouldn't have been suspicious until like i don't know 50 babies had died or something yeah it probably was about that whereas, whereas nowadays it's like one baby dies it's like what the fuck yeah. happened yeah <laughs> however instead of being convicted of murder or manslaughter she was sentenced to six months hard labor for neglect <laughs> the experience allegedly almost destroyed her mentally though others have expressed incredulity at the leniency of the sentence when compared to those handed out for lesser crimes at the time. So basically she got a slap on the wrist. But also she was an educated yeah. white woman. Yeah. Probably quite well off. Yeah, definitely. You've got to yeah. remember classism is a huge oh, thing. for sure. She for wouldn't sure. have been... If she was, I don't know... And plus putting on the pretense of being, you know, a lovely, caring family woman yeah. and all that kind of stuff. If she had been, like, I don't know... poor person living on the street she probably would have ended up in jail the first time but she wouldn't have had the means to kill off babies besides neglecting them anyway. Yeah. Well, she wouldn't have the means to take them in. Yeah. Um, Upon release, she attempted to resume her nursing career. She had spells in mental hospitals due to her alleged mental instability and suicidal tendencies. These always coincided with times when it was convenient for her to disappear. Uh, (laughs) Being a former asylum nurse, Dyer knew and experienced with her own mother. Dyer knew how to behave to ensure a relatively comfortable existence as an asylum inmate <laughs> Daya appears to have begun abusing alcohol and opium-based products early in her killing career her mental instability could have been related to a substance abuse dishwasher mm-hmm. <laughs> xander's just looking around the room like what is happening um In 1890, Dyer cared for the illegitimate baby of a governess. When she returned to visit the child, the governess was immediately suspicious and stripped the baby to see if a birthmark was present on one of its hips. It wasn't. And prolonged suspicions by the authorities led to Dyer having or feigning a breakdown. See... I'm not. Like, usually, I'm not usually one. I never usually say people are faking mental illness. Yeah, ever. I'm like. Either. I'm like. If you feel the need to fake mental illness, you probably have mental right. illness. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in this case, I don't see any evidence to say that she's not u- abusing that. Oh, for sure, she's abusing her knowledge and yeah. experience. Obviously, of, yeah. yeah. She obviously had the experience with her mother. She's <clears> had and in, working and working yeah. in an asylum, yeah. in a, an, asi- uh, an asylum, an insane asylum. yep yeah as a nurse as a nurse like yeah. she obviously has the experience in order to profit off that I suppose yeah and yeah to demonstrate yeah. And, it, and the it's fact that it happens to coincide with Outside. times where she may have been caught yeah you know, like, like literally it's governess going yeah this baby has no birthmark it's not my baby what have you done with my baby yeah oh I'm mentally unwell yeah Take <laughs> <laughs> <Speak laughs> me to the asylum um yeah very convenient Um, so yeah Dyer at one point drank two bottles of laudanum in a serious suicide attempt but her long term abuse had built up her tolerance to opium products so she survived laudanum is like yeah this opium. wasn't it ten percent ten percent opium? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um she returned to baby farming and murder. I realised returned just returned? To yeah, murder. she got out of the, she yeah, survived drinking this this drink of ten percent opium. Um and then got out and returned to baby farming and murder. Daya realised the folly of involving <laughs> doctors to issue death certificates. <laughs> How dare she? How stupid. And began disposing of the bodies herself. The precarious nature and extent of her activities again prompted undesirable attention. She was alert to the attentions of police and of parents seeking to reclaim their children. She and her family frequently relocated to different towns and cities to escape suspicion, regain anonymity. Yeah, I think no, that's that's not right either. Anonymity. That one, thank you. Um, And to acquire new business. Over the years, I used a succession of aliases. To acquire new babies. Yes. Yeah. More like, yeah. New business. New babies. In 1893, Dyer was discharged from her final committal at the Somerset and Bath Lunatic Asylum near Wells. Unlike previous breakdowns, this had been a most disagreeable experience and she never entered another asylum. (laughs) She goes, fuck that shit, I'm not going back. Like they weren't nice to her that time. They weren't taking her shit too much. (laughs) Two years later, Dyer moved to Caversham, Berkshire, accompanied by an unsuspecting associate. Jane Granny Smith (laughs) whom Dyer had recruited from a brief spell in a workhouse and Dyer's daughter and son-in-law, Mary Ann known as Polly and Arthur Palmer this was followed by a move to 45 Kensington Road Reading, Berkshire later the same year Smith was persuaded by Dyer to be referred to as mother in front of innocent women handing over their children this was an effort to present a caring mother daughter image Wow. What, what is this old woman doing? like how Which one? Uh, How does she Granny Smith? How does yeah. she not realize what the fuck is going on? Unsuspecting accomplice like no. No. Yeah. Like, how do you associated. even? How do you even be unsuspecting in this? In this? Well, because she would have been like, yeah, let's let's. This is a, we can get babies, we can care for them. But how does she's the, like? Oh, that sounds good. And but then, how does the, she not realize the babies are just going missing? Oh, I'm sure she did eventually. Um, we have to. Okay, so case study: the murder of Doris Marmon. In January 1896, Evelina Marmon, a popular 25-year-old barmaid gave birth to an illegitimate daughter, Doris. In a... <laughs> Sorry. The baby. Can Doris. Call you Doris. <laughs> in a boarding house in Cheltenham. She quickly sought offers of adoption and placed an advertisement in the miscellaneous section of the Bristol Times and Mirror newspaper. It simply read... Quote, wanted respectable woman to take young child, end quote. Marmon <laughs> intended to go back to work and hoped to eventually reclaim her child. I mean, it's kind of smart. Like, you need to keep working. Just pay someone to, to raise, it, yeah. raise it till it's old enough to kind of look after itself. Yeah. That. But, yeah. It kind of reminds me of Les Miers, actually. Okay. Because in Les Miers, Fontaine, I think her name is is trying to look for work she has mm-hmm. an illegitimate daughter that's right. and the illegitimate daughter is looked after by these two horrible people who mm-hmm. run an inn yeah that's right? probably a yeah similar situation. and they were using the daughter as yeah. cheap labor yeah because the daughter was like six yeah she was old enough to work yes but she was a spoiled <laughs> practice yeah mm. um but yeah fontaine ends up dying because oh she spoiler. has she, spoiler if you haven't ever seen lame <laughs> fontaine she ends up dying him. but she fontaine sends all her money to this inn to look after yeah. her daughter yeah um okay so coincidentally next to her own was an advertisement reading quote married couple with no family would adopt healthy child nice country home mm-hmm. terms 10 pounds end quote Marvin responded to a Mrs. Harding and a few days later she received a reply from Dyer from Oxford Road in Reading Mrs. Harding wrote that I should be glad to have a dear little baby girl one I could bring up and call my own She continued We are plain homely people In fairly good circumstances I don't want a child for money's sake But for company and home comfort And why say that Myself and my husband are dearly fond of children I have no children of my own a child with me will have a good home and a mother's love. No. <laughs> I like the I don't want a child for money's sake. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> don't believe you. But don't okay. say that. Why would, why would you say that? Also, I like, want a child, not for money. But also like, yeah, exactly. It's like that thing where like, I wouldn't have thought you would say yeah. it. Like, I wouldn't have thought about it until you said it. I hurt my leg. I wasn't drunk. Like, I trust Yeah, me. I didn't <laughs> think you weren't going to be drunk until you said that you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? And then she's like, ah. Oh. Oh, look, they want the child for company. Yeah. The children are there for company. I'm sure that's why my mum had me. <laughs> I mean, but that's... No, the, true. But that's true. I remember saying really... that one day. She, I know, it's awful to put that on a child. It is really on a child. awful. Oh, I was bored and I wanted company. It's awful. I know. You fill your life with other things. Right? Not bring a being into the world to Go fill a hole in your life. Right? I don't a... know. Go to the pub and chat whoever's at the bar. Yeah. yeah like, Whatever. Yeah. Just have, yeah, children. Or well, get a hobby. Yeah. I <laughs> do Anyway, Evelina... Knitting circle. (laughs) Right. A a knitting circle circle. in quotation marks. Sewing circle. (laughs) Evelina Marmon wanted to pay a more affordable weekly fee for the care of her daughter, but Mrs. Harding insisted on being given the one-off payment in advance. Marmon was in dire straits, so she reluctantly agreed to pay the £10, and a week later, Mrs. Harding arrived in Cheltenham. Marmon was apparently surprised by Dyer's advanced age and stocky appearance. Appearance, but as Dyer was affectionate towards Doris, Evelina handed over her daughter a cardboard box of clothes and the ten pounds. Still distressed at having to give up care for her daughter, Evelina accompanied Dyer to Chatham Station and then on to Gloucester. Is that saying? Gloucester. Me? Gloucester. 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 She returned to her lodgings, a broken woman. A few days later, she received a letter from Mrs. Harding saying all was well. Marmon wrote back, but received no reply. <sighs> Dyer did not travel to Reading, and she, as she had told Marmon. She went instead to 76 Mayo Road, Williston, London, where her 23-year-old daughter, Polly, was staying. There, Dyer quickly found some white edging tape used in dressmaking, wound it twice around the baby's neck, and tied a knot. Death would not have been immediate. Dyer sa- later said... I used to like to watch them with the tape around their neck, but it was soon all over with them. <sighs> you absolute yeah, freak. absolute freak. What a fucking creep. Um, both women allegedly helped to wrap the body in a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> a napkin. <laughs> napkin. Well, napkins, yeah, a napkin's a, like napkins a, a pretty big, like a proper one. napkin, not but... like a not like a tissue, like a yeah. <laughs> Like it a proper fancy napkin, formal dining. Yeah. Yes, right. It formal would, dining. You think about a dining napkin; they're pretty. You could big. probably fit a baby. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, they a kept. Baby. <laughs> yeah. They kept some of the clothes Marmon had packed. The rest was destined for the pawnbroker. Dyer paid the rent to the unwitting landlady, landlady and gave her a pair of child's boots as a present for a little girl. Cream. The following day, Wednesday, the first of April, eighteen ninety-six. Another child named Harry Simmons was taken to Mayo Road. However, with no spare white edging tape available, the length around Doris's corpse was removed and used to strangle the 13th, 13-month-old boy. 13 months old, this boy was. I was a, a bit like, what the hell, because yes. this? this boy, 13 months old, he would like have a been toddler size, toddler size, size nearly walking, Probably, yeah, potentially starting to talk, yeah, like. But this isn't just a baby that's just like an inanimate object. This is right. a human. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? That, be like, frank things that babies are I don't think objects. they're inanimate objects, but like, you know <laughs> what I mean? If you a have like a, a month old baby. It doesn't really have a personality. Exactly. It, it yeah. just sits yeah. there and cries and shits. And shits and eats. Yeah. And, and maybe might smile. But that's about it, right? Unlikely under these circumstances. No, I mean you're in Victorian England, but yeah. no one spots a Victorian England. England? <laughs> but a 13-month-old boy has personality at this point. Yeah, like, this isn't. It is a bit more robust. Than and it's a, like a fully-fledged human, maybe as well. <laughs> like, um, what the fuck? It gets better. On the 2nd of April, both bodies were stacked into a carpet bag. <laughs> carpet bags. Mary Poppins. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Along with bricks. For added weight, Mm -hmm. Dyer then headed for Reading. At a secluded spot she knew well, near a weir at Cavisham Lock, she forced the carpet bag through railings into the River Thames. You absolute. All right, Dyer's downfall discovery of corpses unbeknownst to Dyer on the 30th of March 1896 a package was retrieved from the Thames at Reading by a bargeman the package Dyer dumped was not weighted adequately and had been easily spotted should have used more bricks Mm -hmm. (laughs) it contained the body of a baby girl later identified as Helena Fry that's a new name Mm -hmm. Uh, in the small detective force available to Reading Borough Police Detective Constable Anderson made a crucial breakthrough as well as finding a label from Temple Mead Station, Bristol used microscopic analysis of the wrapping paper, and deciphered a faintly legible name, Mrs. Thomas, <laughs> and an address. Idiot. The evidence was enough to lead police to dire but they still had no strong evidence to connect her directly with a serious crime. I call bullshit on that. Right. No strong evidence. No strong evidence yet. We found a baby corpse wrapped in paper with your name and address on it plus there's been like kids going missing yeah how is that not strong evidence i don't understand yeah additional evidence they gleaned from witnesses and information obtained from bristol police only served to increase their concerns you think and dc (laughs) anderson with sergeant james placed dyer's home under surveillance uh, I not know, that's CCTV. <laughs> I don't think it would have been CCTV. What would they do then? Just it would have been out. someone camping out okay. in front of a house. Subsequent intelligence suggested that Dyer would abscond if she came at all under suspicion. Of course, she would be like, Ooh, like I have to I'm, I'm, I'm out. Having a breakdown. It's part of being her partner. Yeah. yeah. The officers decided to use a young woman as a decoy, hoping she would be able to secure a meeting with Dyer to discuss her services. This may have been designed to help the detectives to positively link Dyer to her business activities, or it may have simply given them a reliable opportunity to arrest her. It it transpired that Dyer was expecting her new client, the decoy, to call. But instead, she found detectives waiting on her doorstep. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> on the 3rd of April, Good Friday, police raided her home. They were apparently struck by the stench of human decomposition, although no human remains were found. Man, that would have been in everything like in the carpet in the walls there was however plenty of other related evidence including white edging tape telegrams regarding adoption arrangements pawn tickets for children's clothing receipts for advertisements and letters from mothers inquiring about the well-being of their children but again idiot she's an idiot why did she keep all that evidence <laughs> like why keep the letters you're not going to be in contact with these people again the burn all tickets from them. like getting you yeah, your pawning the children's clothing just why? Not like burn it go back and get them right exactly. Exactly, just burn she didn't it. She change her mind. Pfft. Oh God, what an idiot. <laughs> the police calculated that in the previous few months alone, at least 20 children had been placed in the care of a Mrs. Thomas, now revealed to be Amelia Dyer. It also appeared that she was about to move home again. Shock. <laughs> um, this time to Somerset this rate of murder has led to some estimates that mrs dyer may over the course of decades have killed over 400 babies and children making her one of the most prolific murderers ever well think about it conservatively Say so she killed 10 babies a month and that's kind of conservative maybe even 30, 120 thing. a year yeah 120 a year Fuck. and that's over f- f- yeah four years to be 400 say so it's five a month yeah this is saying over a decades a like probably even more. Mm. 60 a year and 10 years at 600 babies. Yeah. Yeah. Dyer was arrested on the 4th of April and charged with murder. Murder. Her son in law, Arthur Palmer, was charged as an accessory. 'Cause they were living together. Yeah, they were. the yeah. daughter Polly and her husband, yep. Arthur. During April, the Thames was dredged. Come on, the like just fully dredged the Thames for this. And six more bodies were discovered, including Doris Marmon and Harry Simmons. Remember the yeah. baby and then the thirteen month old? Die as last victims. Each baby had been strangled with white tape, which, as she later told the police, quote, was how you could tell it was one of mine. Mm. Mm. <sighs> be a calling card 11 days after handing her daughter to Dyer Evelina Marmon whose name had emerged in items kept by Daya, identified her daughter's remains oh, oh poor woman um, inquest and trial oh man her picture police photo I guess it's like a mugshot is pretty hilarious she does not <laughs> look happy I would not leave my child with her I wouldn't even leave him sea monkey with her she does look a bit creepy <laughs> she looks pretty pissed off um <laughs> inquest and trial at the inquest into the deaths in early may no evidence was found that mary ann or or oh, mary ann is polly or arthur palmer had acted as dyer's accomplices arthur palmer was discharged as a result of a confession written by amelia dyer in Reading Jail, she wrote with her own spelling and punctuation preserved. Sir, will you kindly... Actually, I shouldn't have paused there. There's no comma. Sir, will you (laughs) kindly... Sir, will you kindly grant me the favour of presenting this to the magistrates on Saturday, the 18th instant. I have made the statement out for I may not have the opportunity then I must relieve my mind. I do know and I feel my days are numbered on this earth, but I do feel it is an awful thing drawing innocent people into trouble. I do know I shall have to answer before my Maker in Heaven for the awful crimes I have committed, but as God Almighty is my judge in heaven a on earth, neither my daughter Mary Ann Palmer nor her husband Alfred Ernest Palmer, I do most I do most solemnly declare neither of them had anything at all to do with it they never knew I contemplated doing such a wicked thing until it was too late I am speaking the truth and nothing but the truth as I hope to be forgiven I myself and I alone must stand before my maker in heaven to give an answer for it or witness my hand Amelia Dyer
1: (laughs) (laughs) all one sentence all
0: one sentence no full stops. it's like two commas in there which is making me wonder this woman has been to have been taught how to read and write yeah by who (laughs) well doesn't mean that, like, yeah, commas were yeah, still pretty good. Yeah, but she good. should know. It is very, it is pretty good, yeah. I suppose, by Victorian standards. Yeah, but yeah. She should this know is where a full April, stop eights, goes. April 16th, 1896. I mean, she put a full stop at the end of it all. <laughs> just, thank goodness. It just could have been, like, four, four, four sentences. At least on the 22nd of May 1896 Dyer appeared at the Old Bailey and pleaded guilty to one murder that of Doris Marmon her family and associates testified at a trial that they had been growing suspicious and uneasy about her activities and it emerged that Dyer had narrowly escaped discovery on several occasions. Evidence from a man who had seen and spoken to Dyer when she had disposed of the two bodies at Cavisham Lock, that's probably the bargeman also proved significant her daughter had given graphic evidence that ensured Dyer's conviction. Ooh, but Polly. also, can we talk about the daughter for a sec? Polly. Why the fuck didn't she say anything if she wasn't involved? Oh, Because obviously she was a very you know, uh, what's it called? Like, willing daughter. No, but the, what's her name? Dyer's very, probably very charismatic. Yeah, charming. And, and, yeah, I guess. But at the same face, time, but... I mean, Stockholm Syndrome maybe, but also yeah, she probably grew up with her mother doing this sort of shit. Yeah, and also she probably wouldn't have known how to fend for herself without her mother like yeah. supporting her. But she had I her know, husband. She, was married, but she had a oh, husband. Yeah, but you got to question why the husband and her were then mar- living with. Yes. Yeah, so why was the husband Why was the husband like letting this happen? Well, why weren't they a self-sufficient married couple? Why were they living? Yeah, with Yeah, they must have been involved in some way. They must have been. They must have been. Yeah. Um. Oh, yep, so the daughter gave evidence. The only defense Dyer offered was insanity. She had been twice committed to asylums in Bristol. However, the prosecution argued successfully that her exhibitions of mental instability had been a ploy to avoid suspicion. Both committals were said to have coincided with times when Dyer was concerned her crimes might have been exposed. Which we knew. She was yeah. totally faking it. It took the jury only four and a half minutes to find her guilty. <laughs> I just imagined I was thinking about this, just imagine going into the room as like everyone agrees this woman's crate like this woman is evil and she Yesterday. Okay. Did she do it? Yeah. Yeah. In, in her three weeks in the condemned cell, she filled five exercise books with her last true and only confession. Above. Visited. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Every four exercise books of just one, one sentence. sentence. Visited the night before execution by the chaplain and asked if she had anything to confess. She offered him her exercise books, saying, "Isn't this enough?" Curiously, she was subpoenaed to appear as a witness in Polly's trial for for murder, set for a week after her own execution date. (laughs) (laughs) However, it was ruled seance in the court. Yeah. Yeah. However, it was ruled that Dyer was already legally dead once sentenced, which we thought was really interesting. Yeah. and therefore you become legally dead. Um, and therefore evidence would be inadmissible. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I don't think that's a thing now because I can imagine better. people who are on death row, surely they would be able to be called witnesses. They'd be like, witnesses. oh, you've, done, you've got this speeding 5 oh, Mate, I'm dead. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm dead, sus. Son. Yeah can't do anything, I'm dead. Yeah, can't do it, I'm dead. Um, Thus her execution was not delayed. On the eve of her execution, Dyer heard that the charges against Polly had been dropped. Dyer was hanged by James Billington at Newgate Prison on Wednesday the 10th of June, 1896. Asked on the scaffold if she had anything to say, she said, I have nothing to say. Just before (laughs) being dropped at 9am precisely. So we were actually talking about how She was only on death row for three weeks Yeah And then, and then you think about the people who in the states Mm. who are on death row for potentially decades. Decades. Yeah, and it's just like I feel like being on death row for that long and not knowing when you're gonna die. Torturous. So cruel. Yeah. So cruel. Mm. Like, can you imagine that? Being maybe that's part of the punishment. I think it is, but it's such a cruel punishment. Like, I mean, some people do argue that the death penalty should still be a thing. Don't get put on death row for like. Basic crime. No, you don't. But at the same time, I don't feel like you should be tormented in that way. Yeah, but there's also a lot of like um, people wrongfully <laughs> accused yes. and convicted, convicted yes. as well that are on death row. Uh, later developments. It is uncertain how many more children Amelia Dyer murdered. However, inquiries from mothers, evidence of other witnesses, and material found in Dyer's homes, including letters and many babies' clothes, pointed to many more. The Dyer case caused a scandal. She became known as the Ogress of Reading, so female ogre, female ogre. <laughs> and she inspired a popular ballad which I have no idea what this ballad is or the tune that it should be sung in um, I don't even know if it has a name now the link just comes back to itself which is weird um, it goes. The old baby farmer, the wretched Miss Dyer, at the old Bailey, her wages is paid. In times long ago, we'd m- may- we'd a made a big fire and roasted so nicely that wicked old jade. Essentially, I think it's saying um, she got what she, what she asked for when she went to the old what Bailey's she's yeah. she, what she's deserved yeah, yeah. and then long ago they would have burnt her at the stake oh that's true because they would have said she was like almost probably a witch yeah adoption laws were subsequently made stricter Luckily, giving local authorities the power to police baby farms in the hope of stamping out abuse (gasps) despite this and the scrutinising of newspaper personal ads the trafficking and abuse of infants did not stop. Two years after Dyer's execution, railway workers inspecting carriages at Newton Abbott Devon found a parcel inside was a three week old girl but though cold and wet she was alive the daughter of a widow jane hill the baby had been given to a mrs stewart for 12 pounds she had picked up the baby at plymouth and apparently dumped it on the next train it has been claimed that mrs stewart was polly the daughter of amelia dyer (laughs) but i find it so fascinating that instead of killing her she just dumped her yeah. Dumped the baby. Maybe she didn't actually have the stomach for it. Probably not. Mummy had always done it. That's true. Yeah, probably Never. not. She probably did everything else except for yeah. the actual killing. Yeah, and she was like, it? I'll just dump it and eventually it'll just die. Yeah. So the actual, I only identified victims of um, Dyer, Amelia Dye was Doris Marmon, four months old, Harry Simmons, 13 months old, and Helena Fry, age unknown, <gasps> one year old or less. Yawning. Yeah. This is the Jack the Ripper speculation. (laughs) raised difference. yeah because she was a murderer alive at the time of Jack of the Jack the Ripper killings some have suggested that Dyer was Jack the Ripper who killed the prostitutes through botched abortions but I really don't think killing prostitutes was a thing she was obviously a baby killer I also don't think she was in London at the time the suggestion was I also don't think she was meticulous enough Mm. to have gotten away with it like Jack the Ripper no she kept everything what would she have Keep things about babies and not the prostitutes. Oh yeah, I don't believe that either. The suggest this suggestion was put forward by author William Stewart, although he preferred Mary Piercy as his chosen suspect. But interesting that he thinks Jack the Ripper was a woman. Um there is, however, no evidence to connect Dyer to the Jack the Ripper murders. I do have heard that some people do think Jack the Ripper was a woman. Yeah. And if it if you think about it, it kinda makes sense because Jack the Ripper only killed prostitutes. Yeah. And people back then had, but like, if it was a man, it would be kind of like why, like, it's like woman killing the worst of her own kind, mm. if that makes sense. Like, she's killing the, the, the bad, repu- the woman with the bad reputation. Whereas man, a man killing a prostitute just seems too obvious. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess. Like, it just seems yeah. like, oh, you just hate Women. Women, yeah. Um, so going back over, I, I go back over to the baby farming article. Uh, in popular culture, and I remember reading these to Frank when our recording didn't work, um, and I go, ah, that's right. Yeah. So the title character in Charles Dickens' Oliver Twist spends his first years in a baby farm. Hmm. Yeah. That makes the- sense. Epidemus, I eponymous Heroine puts her newborn out to nurse with a baby farmer in George Moore's Esther Waters from 1894. Mm. The main character in Perfume, Jean-Baptiste Granoli, mm. is orphaned shortly after birth and brought up in a baby farmer style orphanage. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh no, I are just nodding. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The character of Mrs. Suxby in Sarah Waters' novel Fingersmith is a baby farmer. In the Gilbert and Sullivan Opera HMS Pinafore, the character of Buttercup reveals that when a baby farmer, she had switched two babies of different social classes. This is part of a satire of class hierarchy in Victorian England. I remember last night being like, oh yeah, of course I remember that song. But I was also like a young teenager. So the whole meaning of it sort of flew over the, my head. Yeah. Other than it's like, aha, she, she switched babies. Not that, oh, okay, she was actually a baby farmer. Yeah. that was a thing yeah. and it was a whole critique on the classism of, of England Yeah, uh, the book Mama's Babies by Gary Crew is the story of a child of a baby farmer in the 1890s the silent film Sparrows from 1926 with Mary Pickford was set in a baby farm in the southern swamps Um, In the Ealing comedy film, Kind Hearts and Coronets from 1949, set circa 1900, the hangman Mr. Elliot says, went up to Manchester on Monday, a poisoner, baby farmer at Holloway this morning. In the Fire Thief trilogy of novels, a baby farm figures prominently. The plot of Emma Donoghue's frog music is initiated by the protagonist retrieving her son from a baby farm. Australian musical The Hat Pin features a mother's experience with baby farmers and was inspired by the true story of Amber Murray and the Macon family. Australian poet Judith Rodriguez has written a series of poems based on Melbourne baby farmer Francis Noor in The Hanging of Minnie Thwaites. The BBC TV soap opera EastEnders features an evil character called Babe Smith who is exposed as a baby farmer along with Queenie Trot. It is revealed that while in Ramsgate they took young pregnant women in and sold their babies to the highest bidder. In a March 2013 episode of Sci-Fi's Haunted Collector, John Zaffis and his team discovered that a Boston cigar bar used to, house a, used to house a baby farm in the 1870s. Miss Alwood, who ran the farm, was found to have abused and even killed some of the infants there. They also found a syringe buried in the building's foundation dating to the time period of the farm. So there we go, there's a whole bunch of. Yeah. yeah, pop culture references, and I was yeah, I was. This got me thinking. I added it to my um to my list of shiny things to write about someday. I'd love to make a detective TV series that yeah uncovers um, Amelia Dyer as the yeah baby farmer. yeah and 400 murders and it's just amazing that yeah she's meant to be the most prolific serial killer it's like yeah. you don't even hear about it we always hear about know jack hear, the ripper you, and never, Ted he, you never you never know, hear about women. i think with the serial killers you do hear about they're the ones that's <laughs> men the one they're always men and two they're the ones that seemingly seem to strike randomly You know what I mean? Like, but in public. Mm -hmm. So, like, Ted Bundy and Jack the Ripper. But, like, they literally took people off the streets. Exactly. And so it made people people afraid to walk around. Yeah. Right? So anything that, yeah. 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 Particularly interesting MO. Yes. Yeah. 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 Whereas people like Amelia Dyer, doing it for money, but she only ever targeted a very, very small subset of the population. Yeah, she literally didn't go onto the streets, breaching... You know, people's privacy and safety. Yeah. I guess and taking people, yeah. like she had them, you know, legitimately yeah. into her home and left there. Yeah, and it's then not like yeah, them. it's not like you can walk or do your daily activities and be killed by the yeah. Dyer, you could be the Jack the Ripper, yeah, but you wouldn't be by Amelia Dyer. Also, she was a woman. Yeah, and people exactly. are interested in that. Exactly. Like, my favourite serial killer is um, Aileen Wuornos. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, besides when Charlize Theron played her glamorously in Monster um, and Christina Ricci was her bitch girlfriend. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, Christina Ricci. I, love, I her love her face. too. Her face just she looks... a cute little moon face. Her moon face. She's <laughs> like... She's always got this concerned look on her face. She's very concerned. I know. It's really weird. It's her one... It's her acting. It's her one thing. It's her look. I hate it. She's a one-dimensional actress. A little bit, but... (laughs) (laughs) But Anyway, besides that big thing of pulling that story and going, oh, let's make that into a Hollywood movie and win Academy Awards. You know, it's true. We hardly ever hear about female serial killers. But again, that serial killer killed a very small subset of the population. She only killed people who hired her because she was a sex worker. If you don't hire a sex, if yeah. Like if you, if her story came out in the news, it was a case of oh, this person is killing people who hire out as a mm. sex worker, right? Mm. If you don't hire, a pe- if you don't. Participate in sex work. You're not going to get killed. Yeah, it was very targeted. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that only would scare the people who go. Oh shit! I do. But only do scare men yeah. who yeah. go around looking for Except prostitutes at night. At night, yeah. while they're hitchhiking on the street. Yeah. Like yeah. looking for. Yeah, exactly. Like again, a very small subset yeah. of people. Uh, uh, of people, and so it makes me think maybe women who do murder on a large scale, compared to men who murder on a large scale, women who murder on a large scale obviously seem to be more more calculated and have yeah. a particular particular motive in mind mm-hmm. rather than that men that do it who literally probably will only do it for like a gratification or fueling of some some desire whereas the women do it for a reason like the character like during Monst- what a character and monster she was doing it. Uh, at, Aline, why not? Initially it was self-defense. Oh, yeah. According to the film, I don't know if it was I've, it seen, I've seen documentaries interviewing her as well. Yeah. She always claimed it was self-defense yeah. at first. And then at towards the end it was and more then it of just a, it became money. easier to take the money and kill them and get rid of the sex part. Yeah. Don't blame her. Don't, yeah, I don't blame her. I don't blame her. <laughs> they out same, the middle act. And, and same with, it was money again again. Amelia yeah. Dyer. Yeah. It was so okay, maybe let's not put women on the streets. Yeah. How about give people the right, give women the right education to make their own living? Well, she had the right education. She did, but she was also... A bit messed up. She was pushed in the wrong direction. Yeah. Which can happen anyway. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> article. It was very What do you think, Xander? <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> baby farming. I don't want to talk about I'm too tired it. to have any real thoughts about it. Oh. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> we'll leave it there it's better than scrolling social media <laughs> thanks States, can you leave that as a review on our <laughs> better, better than, than scrolling, scrolling social media, media. media thanks for the one star Sharon <laughs> we love you Sharon <laughs> yeah so yes, yes. we just reread a Wikipedia articles so don't do any research beforehand no I mean this is probably the most research we've done given that we recorded it last night <laughs> second read the file became corrupted and I couldn't use it when I went to edit it today um, so we're doing it again two reading to like the first them for us. Yeah. Um, that's as far as our research goes. I knew eventually <laughs> it was going to happen that we'd lose a file. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we'll leave it there. Yes. Thanks again to our patrons. Yeah, thank you. Um, Zando, better leave that review. Better than scrolling social media. <laughs> Consider it um, awesome. <laughs> Everyone else, leave us a review similar to that. Better than, better than that. Sharon's. <laughs> better than a scrolling social media. I think that's my favourite. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay, we'll see you next time. You got it right. Yay. Okay, bye. See you next time.